Uh, So a reading from Luke chapter 12 and starting at verse 22 to verse 34. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire... How much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Thank you, Becky. Now, uh, those of a younger age, you'd like to go around the screen and meet with Debbie, who's going to do some very exciting things with you today. The rest of us will stay around and uh, keep the um, uh, uh, perhaps Dorothy, if you could take her. Yeah. Uh, now, the rest of us begin to keep that part of the Bible open. So, if you've accidentally shut, it's page ten forty-five, and uh, someone passed Abigail a Bible because it'd be very difficult for her to study the Bible without one. So, um, there it is. Page 1045, Abigail. Uh, That's, uh, yeah. Okay. And to let you know that after we finish, there'll be questions or comments that you'd like to make. That'd be fine to make them. Now, I'm just not sure about this little button, because every time I press it, things happen in the roof. Uh, so don't worry if you hear strange whirrings. It's because this machine has got confused with that machine, or at least the roof has got them confused. I don't quite know what. Anyway, we'll get going and we'll look at that passage and we'll see what we can learn from it. And I don't know whether you picked up the theme, but maybe this little face will explain what the theme is about. Have you ever felt worried. Now, we live in a world where everybody wants a bit more money just to feel a little bit more secure. Yes, Paul, if you can shut the door, please. And we're living in a world where everybody thinks just a bit more will help us to be secure. And if you were with us last week, you know that there was a man who had a brother and he was worried that the brother was going to get more inheritance. We met a farmer 
who uh, was wanting to make sure that he filled up his barn so he did enough for the future. Now, you and me, we're living in a world where people want this sort of stuff, and therefore, if we're not keeping up with them, we're going to feel worried. And it's good to come to church and to talk about stuff like this. It's easy, isn't it, in a church service to pray, God, please would you shut my mind from all the things that are going on outside in my life so that I can now concentrate on you. Yeah, it's an okay prayer. It's a good prayer to pray because our minds are very easily distracted. We could be wondering, now what on earth is England going to do in the test match tomorrow? Final day, will they win or will they lose? And it's good to pray prayers that stop us getting distracted. But there is a sense in which prayers like that can suggest that what's going out there is what's going out out there and somehow that's disconnected with what's going on here so we need to shut our heads and concentrate on the Bible. And the wonderful thing about the Bible is it doesn't do that. It says, look, what you've got out there, why don't we bring it in here and think about it together? And worry is one of those things that we're going to look at tonight. And in this section... Jesus tells us two things. First, don't be worried. And secondly, be generous. First, he says, don't worry. Now, in case you had a little distraction while my machine was turning things up and down in the roof, let's just get the message by looking at that passage again. Page 1045, Luke chapter 12. You see verse 22. Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry. Verse 25. Who of you by worrying can add a single R to your life? Verse 26. Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry? Verse 29. Don't set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry. So we should never accept worry as an okay thing, as a personal weakness. I'm the person I am. I worry. It's okay. No. When we've had a clear word from Jesus saying, do not worry, we need to stop. But you notice in this passage that Jesus doesn't just simply say, don't uh, worry. He tells us, what will help. And again, it's a repeat prescription. He says it twice. Verse 24, consider the ravens. Verse 27, consider the wildflowers. So, worry won't go away by itself. And we're not primarily told to pray about it, although we should, don't be anxious about anything but everything by prayer, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. So, yeah, pray, but first, Jesus says, consider. In other words, think. Get your mind working. Because worry is, in the end, if this is worry, it's built on thoughts, that tell us that the future is going to hurt us. 
and then worry feeds on that. Okay? So what Jesus does is he gives us other thoughts to think about that are more helpful that make that worry go away. And there's two areas that he wants us to think about. First, the birds, and we'll get to the wildflowers. And you notice how brilliant Jesus is by picking on two examples like this because it means that absolutely anybody everywhere in the world can have access to these two things to stop them worrying. Even in Hungary they've got birds, haven't they? Is that right? In, in Hungary they've got birds? Uh, anywhere. I think they haven't killed all of them in Kenya either. Uh, so... Uh, uh, they are around wherever you go. And you've got the ravens. Consider the ravens. And it's interesting that uh, Jesus says, consider the ravens. He could actually pick up any bird to uh, make the point that God looks after birds. But the interesting thing about ravens is that they come in the unclean section of the Jewish bird magazines. They're scavengers. They're picking on roadkill. And uh, they hop away when the car, I suppose, in those days the camel comes along, and then they hop back and they start eating dead meat. So they're dirty animals, as far as the Jewish people are concerned. And here's the point that if God cares for dirty, unclean birds and looks after them, and when he does that, you can see in verse 24 that uh, they have no storeroom or barn. They're, in other words, not like the rich man that we met last week, who was only thinking about his storerooms and his barns, but God looks after even the unattractive. So they don't need things like that. It's a wonderful idea about uh, how God looks after the crows. And the way it's put in this passage, it seems almost as if the main reason there are birds in the sky flying around is so that we can understand how God looks after them and get the message that he will look after us where more important. So what do you do if you're worried? If someone tells you that your house is just about to uh, uh, be taken over by somebody else? The answer is open a window and go and look for a bird and start thinking about what that bird means in terms of God's care for you. Seriously, do it. And let that play on your minds. Don't let the worry stay as the only thing that you think about. Remember? Worry stays and builds on the idea that something in the future is going to hurt us. And God says, let the worry disperse. Have a look at the birds. It's interesting that normally we only see living birds. It's a wonderful way of God saying, you see, I don't, I'm looking after all of them. 
You don't see dead birds all over the place saying, well, God's made a, a few of them fail. He looks after most. And isn't it interesting how every morning when you wake up, you hear the dawn chorus. It's like the first thing that can go through our sleepy minds when we wake up is that God cares for us. Don't worry. There are birds to sing that to you every dawn as you awake. Second, wildflowers in verse 27. And wildflowers aren't cultivated. There's no human care that uh, they can count on. And yet the best-dressed bloke in town was a man called Solomon. And he possibly was the all-time richest man in the world, comparatively speaking, because not only was he running a kingdom that was full of gold, in 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 27, it says that he made silver as common as stones in Jerusalem. In other words, he didn't just simply make him rich because he was so rich, but everybody in his kingdom was rich. How many people could claim to have achieved that? I'd say he was bigger than Bill Gates in his time. But put him and his royal regalia next to wildflowers and his colours begin to fade. It's interesting, isn't it, that when you look at the entries of people who've won photographic competitions, you very rarely see pictures of clothes. Fine and beautiful as they are, you normally see pictures of something beautiful like flowers. Now, there are places you go where you see the camera telling you what the clothes were like. If you watch uh, the scenes after Royal Ascot, you'll see women in fancy clothes and fancy hats. But see the pictures taken at the Chelsea Flower Show, and you can wear whatever you want because no one's looking at what people are wearing. It's the colourful uh, displays. So when you're worried, take a walk in the park, take in the flowers, take even the grass which will be in the council bins tomorrow. And every single blade of grass in that park that you're walking through has been grown by God as a personal message to you from God saying, don't worry. You see, you can't stop God caring for his creation. And the interesting side point of that is that if our country loses sight of God as a creator, we lose sight of his care and we'll become a nation that worries. Why is it surprising that we worry if we've lost sight of a God who creates and cares? So don't worry. Second, be generous. That's in verse 33. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that don't wear out a treasure in heaven that will never fail. 
Now, look, I'm a person who's looking after a church. It's really hard to talk about money because everybody thinks that the church is after, after some. That's how us guys get rich, okay? Except, to be perfectly honest, I've been doing this job two months now and I haven't been paid yet. But that's, by the way, let me just say that the reality is that we are going through this part of the Bible bit by bit. And we're looking at selling possessions and giving to the poor because we have reached this part of the Bible, not because we've got a special appeal that we are about to make. The roof isn't about to fall down and we need your coffers to prop it up. No. We're looking at the Bible not because we're fundraising but simply because we are Bible teaching. And what Jesus is teaching here is that actually generosity this is going to sound really Irish to you but it's true. Generosity is going to remove worry. That's the opposite of what you'd expect me to say, but that's what I'm going to say. Generosity removes worry. Why does Jesus say that? Because of the punchline in verse 34, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Putting it simply another way, where you spend your money is where you will want to live. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So the nicer you do up your home, the less you will want to move. Buy a truckload of stuff, and this life immediately becomes heaven. We think that stuff will give us the security that we long for. The reality is that stuff solves some worries but creates others. So as Jesus says, there's a new set of worries about thieves and about moths. Uh, thieves. Uh, thieves and uh, burglary. Have you the screen? Thieves and burglary spell instant loss. You walk into the house and the telly's gone and the cupboards are empty, just like that. Mots, on the other hand, are slow munching. You lose valuable things slowly. The investment that you put in, that is going to be your pension, begins to have loss-making bites taken out of it. And you end up with maybe less than you thought. So spend up to build up this life and yes, you might get rid of some worries but you will add others. You won't be worry free if you spend for here and now. A better option is to push our hearts towards heaven and sell possessions and what Jesus is really saying about that is make really significant investments into loving other people with your money 
because heaven is ultimately living to serve others. Use your money to do that and you are putting your heart into heaven, into the life that is heavenly, the values, the heart desires that are heavenly. And it's only when heaven becomes more attractive to you that you will stop worrying. And are giving the activity of heaven by serving other people with our money makes heaven more attractive. And the worry begins to recede. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's interesting how Jesus says in verse 32 that the Father has already given us the kingdom. All we possess is all, all that is there in this world one day will be ours. God says, I have given you the kingdom. Don't be afraid, little flock. Your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. So all you want to possess in this world will be yours. All of it. So you'll never be deprived when you give. All you get is a bigger appetite for heaven. Buy into this life and we will buy into worry. Give generously and we buy into heaven. Heaven frees us from that kind of grip. What does that mean? But I suppose if you're new to Christianity, it, it might help us to know why we worry. It's because we think we're on our own, we've got no one else to look after us apart from ourselves, and therefore we worry, because it's a big responsibility to do that. Can you see how Jesus tonight opens our eyes to a creator who is really great at looking after billions of birds and flowers? Wouldn't you want to connect with him? Would you not want to give your life trusting what Jesus says? The Christian life begins not by a spooky experience, but by considering and thinking through God's great care about you. And it will be a great joy to keep talking about that afterwards, if you like. Or if you're used to church, maybe you sung the songs that we sing on Sundays about trusting God. But despite all the singing, worry is still in your system and you wonder why it's still there. Wonder from this passage where the searching question would be, what's your giving like? Where would you like your next tax rebate or pay rise to go? Do you work out something like 10% of your income and what it is and where you will give it and make that the first thing that you spend your money on and adjust other spending to what's left? Give your way out of worrying. Because the diagnosis of a person who worries is this. They love this life too much. And the liberty will be to start living and loving 
heaven. And if you are a believer who worries, isn't it great to have a God who's filled the skies with birds and the ground with flowers just to show how much he loves us? You see birds in a new way from now on. That's what they're there to do. And yes, it's true that every single person down this road is ultimately fed by God in that way, but they don't see that. Their eyes are blind. So Jesus is speaking to his disciples in verse 22. Then Jesus said to his disciples, dot, 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 open our windows and our eyes to his care. And you can do that even when you're worried, even when you are men of little faith, as Jesus calls them. Open the window. Have a look. It's fascinating, isn't it, how Jesus speaks to his little flock in verse 32. Little flock spells fragile. But next to fragile, Jesus puts father. When we're feeling fragile, we need to think father. And we need to help each other to put father next to fragile. So when I'm feeling a bit worried and panicky, I need you guys to come along and say, Mike, you're feeling fragile, aren't you? We need to think father. And it may be that I might need to do that to you. Uh, Roni, you're feeling a bit fragile, aren't you? Uh, let me bring in father. Let me stop there and uh, say uh, that... Um, It'd be great to have uh, questions that you might like uh, to have answered or comments you'd like to make uh, over to you.